From WOUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, out with the old and in with the new. The demolition of one Athens elementary school makes way for new developments. I knew it was coming for a really long time. Um, People had been talking about it since I was still going there. And a student athlete makes her impact at Ohio University in and out of competition. This year, I would say I have been a better athlete mentally. Um, And I think a lot of just transitioning into a better athlete comes with learning different levels of what that looks like physically, mentally, and everything. But yeah. These stories and more, right here on The Outlet. West Elementary stood tall on Central Avenue in Athens for years. The site is now under construction to make way for a new development. WAUB reporter Madison Moore takes a look at the update. Making her way to the top of the hill, that was once West Elementary. Ohio University senior Sydney Hosick remembers the seven years she spent learning and growing in the building. I just think of all of the teachers that I had throughout the years. Um, everyone was always just so kind and accommodating to the students. West Elementary, a school that housed students for over a hundred years, has officially been torn down. I knew it was coming for a really long time. Um, People had been talking about it since I was still going there. Because of its age and location, Athens City School Superintendent Tom Gibbs says the district decided to demolish the school when it was coming up with plans to consolidate elementary schools from five to three. We knew that there would be a couple of locations that would not be used. This site would be one of the most difficult to build on because it's a relatively small footprint. But the grounds won't be abandoned. A soccer field will take its place. Kosick says she's happy the area will be filled with kids again. I'm glad that they're using something with the space rather than, I think, putting, if they put another building there, um, it would just feel kind of weird, I guess. This fall, the field will be home to Athens middle school soccer teams. It'll take a while for the grass to grow in. Quite honestly, our experience is that with the soil around here, we need to reseed repeatedly in order to get the grass um, to where it's good enough to, to really be a playable surface. Construction started in late January, and it should be completed in six to eight weeks. For The Outlet, I'm Madison Moore in Athens. WUB reporter Darius Sethna sits down with Larissa Monsiaz to discuss her track and field career at Ohio University and how she takes advantage of her unique opportunities. Honestly, the, I was looking back at my planner and looking at all the schoolwork from the first semester, and I was like, it was crazy. Like, mm-hmm. it was a lot. Um, and I don't think in the sense of, oh, my gosh, it was just too much. It was just, you know, in grad school, there's heftier work, um, but it's, like you should start ahead of time so everything you just see it at one one time and it's like oh it seems like a lot but you write it all out and I write things day by day what I need to do and how I need to progress so that kind of helped helps me stay on track. We talked about this before we started the, the interview but moving from Eagle Lake Texas to Athens Ohio because mm-hmm. that is a pretty big jump that's yeah. a cross-country jump. Yeah. Tell me what was that what was that transition like for you, just kind of like from an emotional standpoint? What was your perspective of that entire experience moving here to Athens? Honestly, like, it's, it's kind of weird, and I tell people that all the time because 
<laughs> my teammates know I would just be at practice. I'm like, wow, like I'm in Ohio. That's so crazy right. to me. <laughs> but I often forget that like I'm in Ohio and so far away because I stay connected to my family and I have people here that um, really help me invest my time. I would like to say it hasn't been too bad because I've found my people and I have people that have supported me in all of my dreams and traveling all over the place that, that I've done already. So When you're at the starting line, you're ready to go, what is your thought process? What's kind of going through your mind at that exact moment? Yeah, so um, this year I feel like it, it's been a very different perspective in competing. Um, I'm thankful. I, I thank God every single time that I step on the track and ask that he guides my footsteps. Um, and then I just try to embed myself with confidence, like I am worthy, I am strong, I am in shape, I am prepared for right. what's coming and things like that. So this year I would say I have been a better athlete mentally. Um, and I think a lot of just transitioning into a better athlete comes with learning different levels of what that looks like physically, mentally and everything. But yeah, um, so of course always thanking God and telling, reminding myself that like, this is the fun part. I tell I yeah. tell my teammates like practice when we are dead tired, like laid out. That's what it's supposed to be. The hard work is supposed to be then because going to the track meets, like I told them, is picking up the check. Like you have fun, you know. And I love to compete, so it's just like I'm here. This is what you love to do. You're worthy. You're strong. Don't worry about literally anybody else, um, and just get it. Kind of going off the track now, Larissa. I want to talk about your involvement with the OU community. What other organizations are you involved in right now? Can you tell me a little bit more about kind of your life off the track here in Athens? Yeah, so I am actually in um, SAC. Um, I kind of just, um, not as like a head member or anything. So what, what is, can you uh, explain what that is? Student at the Advisory Committee. Okay. Um, so basically we meet, um, maybe about once, twice a month, we talk about things that are going on, community service. Um, I'm actually the head of the uh, DEI committee. Um, so I just picked up that role and I'm still trying to learn all of what we're doing. But um, but yeah, so also I guess like in the working sense, I would like to be a business owner. Um, I actually sell smoothies and stuff. It's called Mancius Maintenance. Is that like, a, is that online or like, um, how, how do I get a smoothie? Yeah, so I actually have like an Instagram and stuff, like a fitness page, but it's kind of still, it's in the works, but people that contact me, they put in orders like um, Monday. So my friend who's on the track team, she leaves, um, she'll, the day before she leaves for the track meet, she'll get her order of smoothies, like three um, or like five of them or however many and just take them then. It's kind of hard because it's on a on a basis like I have to wait until people tell me how many they want in the beginning of the week because I can't just like make them out. I want them to be fresh. Right. You know, I don't want to just like have them in my freezer <laughs> and waiting. So, you know, short term, long term, however you want to answer this question, what are some of your future plans or goals as you continue your career here at Ohio University? Yeah. So, here at Ohio University, my main thing and anywhere I go is to always, like, leave a positive legacy, you know, and be seen as somebody that always tried to uplift, you know, somebody, but also wasn't afraid to be vulnerable when I needed that help from people. So everybody is aware that, like, my 
I'm, I'm just genuine, you know? And I think my goal is just to, um, of course, graduate with my master's. And I think when that moment happens, I'll be very proud, you know, just because that, I mean, being a first gen alone is, is amazing, but I'll really be able to pat myself on the back. I'll be proud of myself. I'd like to thank Larissa for her time and consideration for this interview. The music for this project is courtesy of Julie DeLuiso and Gary Miller. Reporting in Athens, I am Daria Sethna for The Outlet. Madeline Blair, a reporter for The Post, Ohio University's independent student-run newspaper, recently wrote about climate change in Athens. She talked to local experts about how the warm winters, although they seem like a break from the cold, affect the community. Weather temperatures are raising and getting higher and increasing, and that's something that um, a lot of people may take and think that it's okay and enjoy that warm weather in the winter. However, it's actually concerning in the long run. And so what did the experts you spoke with say about this? Yeah, so I first reached out to a professor. His name is Ryan Folk, And I wanted to reach out to him first just because his expertise and the issues concerning climate change. And it is a concerning issue that in February, for example, a winter month, there was four 70-degree weather days. And that's obviously not typical. That's something you see in maybe end of March, April. And because of that, he talked about the differences between weather and climate. So he was talking about how people need to understand those differences and that weather is that day-to-day, something that's always changing. Whereas climate, that's the long run. That's something that on a global scale or a local scale. And he wanted um, people to really understand the difference between that and to realize that these warmer temperatures, this isn't a new thing. This isn't just weather changing. This is something that is a part of the climate change, actually. Um, and another expert, he is an expert of biological sciences. He focused more on plants and animals and how they are directly affected by the warming of the globe. So, for example, plants and animals in Ohio, you may see something like daffodils. They're blooming in February. Well, this is an issue because the next week they can be frosted over and die, and then they don't bloom all summer months. Yes, so then they just can't provide for other plants, animals, or insects that may feed off their nutrients. So what are people doing about this? Yeah, so one example, um, I talked to a few students. These students were a part of the Sustainability and Climate Ambassadors. So these students, they work with helping bring awareness to climate change in Athens and Southeast Ohio. The first student I talked to, his name was Ridge Cook. He wanted to talk about how this issue directly hurts animals also, that this is an issue that the weather is going to continue to be unstable, and that's something that residents of Athens should prepare themselves for. Um, Another person I talked to that was an ambassador. Her name is Kate. She focused more on reducing emissions. So what she provided and what she suggested that students do is focus more on eating locally. She talked about the Athens Farmers Market. It happens every Saturday morning. She suggested if students are able to and they have financial means to go and buy locally produced foods, 
then she highly recommended it. This would reduce emission costs because you're eating something that is locally grown and that's in season. That's something she talked about that really a lot of people might not do already given the supermarkets that we have. For example, watermelon might not be in season right now, but places like Kroger or Walmart, they are still selling it. And another thing that Ridge suggested that students and other Athens community members could do is reducing their consumption costs. So that plays hand in hand with what Kate was saying. Just helping reduce your consumption will go hand in hand with reducing your emissions. Madeline Blair reports for The Post. This segment is part of a collaboration between Ohio University's longest-running independent student-run newspaper and WUB Public Media. The reporting was done by The Post, and the audio is brought to you by the production team at WUB. To read Madeline's full story, visit thepostathens.com news. A switch from plastic to paper. Athens City Council is considering a plastic bag ban that could reduce single-use plastics. But some Athens business owners worry about the extra cost. Madison War gives us a look. Plastic carryout bags are crucial for curbside pickup restaurants like Grub and Go, but soon those bags might have to be replaced with sustainable alternatives. Athens City Council member Alan Swank proposed an ordinance earlier this March, which would ban businesses and vendors from providing single-use plastic bags to customers. I would love to eliminate, but going from where we are today to zero at one time is, a, is quite a stretch. On Monday, the council amended the ordinance to change the effective date to January 1st of next year to give businesses more time to get more sustainable alternatives to plastic bags. But those alternatives, like paper bags, cost more to make and ship than single-use plastic bags. Todd Thompson, owner of Grub and Go, says rising costs already make it tough to pay the bills. Adding this to the mix could be detrimental to his business. It's going to hurt us in the long run. Over at the college bookstore on Court Street, they use up to 50,000 plastic bags in a year. General Manager Gene Arms says the cost to replace the durable plastic bag they currently use with a smaller paper bag is two and a half times more expensive, which will ultimately cost the college bookstore an extra $8,500 a year. The group called Athens Rethink Plastics brought the idea of the ban to Councilman Swank. Volunteers like Janelle Stock say they know the transition will not be easy. It's going to feel hard in the beginning. I recognize that. But in juxtaposition to what the scientists have been warning about for many, many years, we have to do this for the next generation. Eight states have already passed similar bans. And if passed, the city will provide a $5,000 assistance program to businesses and vendors to help with the transition. Any violation of the ordinance would first result in an administrative offense and a fine of $150. Any store or vendor who does not pay the fine within 30 days will receive a minor misdemeanor. For The Outlet, I'm Madison Moore in Athens. Ohio University spring sports are rising up the conference standings. Assistant producer Kayla McCluskey sits down with sports director Aiden Crowley and assistant sports director Maria Manessi to talk Bobcat baseball and softball. Maria, I'll start with you. We just had baseball and softball over the weekend, but I want to start with baseball first. What happened over the weekend and what happened on Tuesday night? Yeah, so baseball um, hosted Eastern Michigan at Bob Wren. 
this past weekend and swept them. They came from behind in every game. It was a really big series sweep for them, their first of the season. Um, and just it kind of showed that they were able to really compete and stay with Eastern Michigan the whole time. Obviously, coming from behind, especially in baseball, isn't always easy. So just they were really able to get that done, and that was exciting for them. And then on Tuesday, they hosted Moorhead State, who they played earlier in the season um, and lost 19-14 to on the road. And so, um, obviously, a high-scoring game. So, commanding um, their game on Tuesday, it was, it was difficult for them. They used six different um, pitchers throughout the entire game and just really couldn't get going. At first, it was close after the first inning, one-to-one, but um, some big scoring innings from Moorhead State. They really couldn't find the kind of the pitcher that um, they were using a bunch of different pitching rotations to get prepared for their series with Toledo. I think they wanted to test a bunch of different ones from what head coach Craig Moore had talked about post game. But I think just using the different pitchers, they couldn't really get a groove going, and um, they ended up losing 15 to two and only played seven innings. So. A tough loss for them midweek game, but they're back in action this weekend against Toledo, so hopefully they can get back going with the conference play. And then, Marie, I'm going to stick with you. Would you say pitching has been a problem this season, or is that just something new? Yeah, they have a lot of new pitchers on the team this season. I think he wanted to kind of, um, head coach Craig Moore wanted to see kind of how they would do just getting them in those situations, but I think that it's definitely been kind of a struggle for them, but kind of getting those new familiar, um, getting those pitchers familiar with kind of their game plan and stuff is something that they've been working on. But yeah, they really struggled to do that against Moorhead State. But um, Moorhead State had a couple innings where they really, really got going with the bats. Yeah, and then Aiden, what are some of the upcoming games or even series for the baseball team? Yeah, like Maria mentioned, uh, they are going to be hitting the road. They had a little nice four-game homestand there for a little bit from this past weekend and then on Tuesday night. So they're going to be hitting the road, traveling to Toledo, who uh, is kind of an up-and-down team so far this season. They're 14-13 and 13 overall, 6-6 six and six in conference. And we kind of mentioned a little bit the pitching struggles sometimes being a, a commonality for this Ohio baseball team. This Toledo team can just flat out score against Akron earlier in the season. They put up 24 runs against them. They've had 16 run performances. So this is an offense that can get hot. And so it's going to be up to the starters for OU and then the bullpen to kind of come in and shut the door for them. So uh, a good series for this Bobcat team that's starting to get going here in MAC play. They're currently sitting at eight and four overall in the MAC. So. Again, just trying to get more MAC games under the belt, trying to get that bullpen going, like Maria mentioned, and it's going to be a good test, a good measuring stick against the Toledo Rockets. Of course. And then, do I dare say surprise of the year for the softball team last night, Aiden? What what in the world happened? Yeah, so I, surprise is an interesting word because this is a softball team that has a lot of belief, and they're, they've won nine straight, and I talked to Jenna Hall uh, 
after their series sweep against Ball State this past weekend. And she said that there's just a belief in this team and it's infectious and they know their role and they're confident in each player to pick each other up. There isn't really one player that's going in and winning these games. It's a team effort. But like you mentioned, a big win for them on Tuesday night against Ohio State, a Big Ten Power 5 opponent for them with a very rich history in softball. So for them to go to Columbus and beat them one nothing, it took nine innings. So uh, at some extra softball for this girls team and skip miller has been the catalyst a lot for this winning streak uh starting pitcher for the bobcats and i mentioned the weekend series they had against ball state and then this past win against ohio state she's pitched a complete game in three straight games and against ball state she pitched saturday and sunday and had complete games in both of those and then a complete game against ohio state and when or speaking with jenna hall post game after skip miller's second complete game she said she's just someone when she gets going and she's finding the strike zone she's really tough to hit and i think we saw that against ohio state there were a lot of opportunities where ohio state had runners in scoring position they had eight hits on the night but skip miller just always seemed to have an answer for them in those kinds of situations so they're rolling right now and there's a lot of a lot of belief in this team yeah and i believe that ohio university is now first in the max standings because of what happened over the weekend yeah so they are 10 and 2 in conference gameplay now nine straight wins in the mac 10 straight wins overall so really got the momentum flowing in their favor a couple of series sweeps three in a row for them has been huge for them. Now they hit the road um, to play Central Michigan this weekend, and I think that'll be another tough test. But like Aiden mentioned, this team is determined. They have a lot of um, fire on their way. They're just a very put-together team, and I think that they should come out and do great in this one. And then, Maria, what are some of the upcoming games for the softball team? Yeah, so they, like I said, go to Central Michigan this weekend. Then they're back home for a midweek series with Kent State. They'll play them on Tuesday afternoon, April 11th, and then April 12th they'll play a doubleheader as well, which is interesting. That's how baseball and softball is, though, just having those midweek kind of game series um, as well. But, yeah, those are some of their upcoming games. All right. Ada, Maria, thank you. Thanks, Caleb. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is produced each week by me, Taylor Burnett, and my assistant producer, Caleb McCluskey. We're edited by Atish Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Enjoy the show? Tell a friend to give us a listen. They can subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. And they can find us online at wub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at Outlet underscore WUB and Instagram at Newswatch underscore WUB. We'll be back next week with more stories from Southeast Ohio.